0: Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic, idiosyncratic French magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and guy who rips up every photo of himself. Hello. His name is Alex <laughs> It's fine. all <laughs> Sorry,
1: was that not idiosyncratic enough?
0: <laughs> no, no, definitely not weird enough. All right. Before today, stellar jaunts across the Atlantic. A little bit of business, everyone. It's official. Your boys here. We're on Patreon. That's right. Patreon.com slash film alchemist pod. The best way to support the show. The best way to help us grow the show. Also the best way to get more out of the show. So next week starts December. Every December for our patrons, we stuff their stockings. So if you are a member of our Patreon community, you can request uh, a movie to go in a hopper and we draw out as many episodes as we need to fill our December schedule. Um so this month, this next month, December was completely programmed by our patrons, right? We just did that contest. Pretty quality it's programming, great, right? By the way. So Yeah, that's right. Awesome lineup. So we have a lot of ways that we try to give back to the patrons. We have a huge Patreon-exclusive library, commentaries, series. You can even have us record specific episodes that you're interested in uh, over there. So, again, that's patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. We appreciate the support. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, the YouTube is Film Alchemist. The email, Pod at gmail.com. We're on all the socials you're on. So reach out to us. We're easy to get a hold of. Uh, Make sure you're leaving those five-star ratings and reviews. That helps us out. Defeat the algorithm that's oppressing our weird little hearts and our weird little likes. Uh, Make sure you go check out MisfitParade.net to see all the cool short film stuff that we're working on. We do have a Christmas uh, whore short coming your way this December. So make sure you go to MisfitParade.net. Also, guys, tell a movie-loving friend what we're up to send them a message about the show, and we'll take it from there, right? All of these are things you can do to help out me and Alex as we end this year. All right. The pod has its desserts. I chose for a dessert a movie that I fucking adore. For me, this is a five out of five star movie. Agreed. Um, This movie makes me so happy. So happy. I... Cannot say enough about how much I love Amelie. This was a film school find. This was one that me and my now wife uh, would watch a lot together, right? So Amelie is just full of this this whimsy, this magic, this, this celebration of just being alive, even when it feels like we shouldn't be celebrating. Um, I love the way Amelie sees the world, right? And sees people weird quirks that could... More often than not, usually anything you do that's out of the main is uh, weaponized against you. But to Amelie, they become these beautiful little details that reinforce the kind of magic of the entire idea that we're all here and we have some meaning or value to the world. Right. I love the eyes that this movie presents me to watch the human experience. It's got style. It's got one of my favorite scores of all time. I fucking love Amelie so much. Uh, Alex, opening thoughts on this delectable dessert that I have presented you.
1: I think I would have said all the same things.
0: Um, it's just whimsy is the
1: great way to put this. Like, this is. So this is how the, the way that I came to this movie was actually I, I um, watched this movie in high school. Um, there was a girl in our school and. uh mm-hmm who wrote for the newspaper with me in our high school, um, who she knew I was... Because I was pretty outspoken. Like, my tastes in film were very obvious. And at that time, they were Kevin Smith and Kevin Smith and, you know, whatever other movies that were that Kevin Smith recommended. So... And she was a she was a British girl. So she um, asked me one time, she said, have you ever seen Amelie? And I'm like, no, nah, I've never watched, like, I haven't watched many French movies. She's like, oh, well, you've got to watch Amelie. And it was essentially, like, uh, just a pathway for her to come over to my house with a DVD and us make out on the couch. But um, not a bad after, not a bad after effect of watching French films, by the way. But the movie itself is just wonderful. I think... What came about from it, too, was, um, again, it's one of those unlocking moments in your life when you see something that tells you another part of the world in terms mm-hmm. of, like, the film world. When you see a movie that, like re- that opens a whole new chapter. And yeah. seeing Amelie made me realize that there's many other countries that make movies besides the
0: U.S. of A., so yeah, I remember there was like a year was, in film really school revelatory. where I had a a similar thing, right? And to your point, where it's like this unlocking, of like oh, other countries make movies, yeah, because you see America's movies. I'd seen a lot of Godzilla movies, of course, right? British movies. I'd seen plenty sure. of British movies, yeah. right? But there was a year it's... in college. I remember I saw this. I saw uh, No Man's Land. Mm-hmm. I saw – I can't remember. There's another great one. It was about, like, the fall of Berlin. But there were just all of these movies in succession, right? right? Just – and that was kind of the wonderful thing about film school because I I was like you. I I grew up in a really small town. I was a Kevin Smith kid, so, like, I know everything. Then I got to the dorms, and it was – we had the Donnie Darko kids, the The whore kids, the Tarantinos, the Lebowski kids. I was kind of like maybe the David Lynch – I don't know. But we had, like, our little genres, right? Sure. But even then, you're like, I've seen all this milk toast bullshit you yeah. guys are talking about. And then you start taking some actual, like, film classes, right? And the, the finding these just incredible films that I had honestly never even heard of, yeah. right? Like, I just, this was, I started college. This is going to sound crazy. We had the internet, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the internet, right? I had dial-up in the country, so I was still on AOL Instant Messenger a lot, mm-hmm. and that was about all we did on the internet. It would take like four hours to download a porno pic, so it wasn't like a great place to yeah, hang out. Because like it is was now.
1: not as fast as you thought it was. Yeah,
0: now you can just get fucking rained on with porno <laughs> pics, so it's great. Um, yeah, like Amelie's bucket of fucking scrapbook stuff, <laughs> just tits and V's everywhere. Yeah. But I remember finding all of these other countries' films and just the oh my god. Like every country might have as many awesome movies as us, and we just didn't know. I think so this yeah, is I, like, this was one of the before
1: ones before it became the. And I don't remember when it when it's. I don't remember when the website started. Besides, like. You know, you'd go to you know, ain't it cool? Early on, and then like the other progressive film sites uh, that you yeah, would. Turns go to. out, it wasn't not as cool as you think. <laughs> um, great podcast. The down- answer
0: is no. Great podcast.
1: you were to time, downloadable. The rise fall of ain't it cool. news not cool. Not bad.
0: Um, we don't plug them. They ain't like like Brock Lesnar said. They ain't pay us nothing.
1: But um, the uh, but the one the 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 rabbit hole website that I found. Um, That was very helpful, especially once you were, like, far enough along. And I did not remember when it started. It wasn't the beginning of college. It was probably in the middle. was Wikipedia. Wikipedia is not just for the Cliff Notes version of, like, the book you're not reading. But Wikipedia became, like, one of those rabbit hole things that, like, if I would, like, Google a filmmaker and I'd find a Wikipedia page, I would just start research. I would just start reading through. Movies that they have made and those kinds of things. And again, like.
0: We used to do that uh, with the IMDb game. IMDb
1: is another one that was that too.
0: Yeah, Like, so. So we would do like director, movie, actor. And you had to do like this. It was like a Kevin Bacon mm -hmm. game. We'd just see how long we could go. So we spent a lot of time on IMDb. I think
1: for me, progressively, like Amelie, watching Amelie the first time, obviously, it was just like, it makes you feel different. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Like, I just felt different after watching the movie. Not like some revelatory thing where I'm like, oh, my God, this is the kind of film I must make as a young filmmaker. It was, I mean, I I kind
0: of it was more, felt exactly that way. If well, that's I'm fine.
1: I, I think for me, I watched it and felt better about... I felt better just in... I don't know. The movie just makes me feel good. Like, I think this is, like, the thing that I... Like, right. I'm never going to be Jean-Pierre Jeunet, but, like... I also can at least say, like, oh, there's this access to happiness that's, like, completely uncynical. There's a level, of, there's a level right. of cynicism that just lacks. And I think this is, like, the way that I came to it and the way that you can relate it to American cinema for me was, like, because I had gotten into Wes Anderson enough, is there's this whimsy that Wes Anderson can't do because it's American. Like there's a level of cynicism you have to do when you're doing American stories, that yeah. Wes Anderson just can't. There's there's a couple well, not of,
0: anymore. Yeah,
1: yeah. Wes Anderson just now can't he's playing
0: do with cardboard cutouts. But right.
1: But like you know, again, the movies of Wes Anderson are heavily influenced by French New Wave. So when you right. watch a Wes Anderson movie, it feels very French in a lot of ways. So, but they're still also very cynical, and these characters all kind of hate each other, but still love each so other. So here's kind of a thing. way.
0: I would think about this, right? Amelie doesn't it's do like, that. It's just Amelie whimsy. doesn't kink shame. No, right? Is a weird way to say it. That's but a like good way when to say it. I watch people under the stairs, and you're like, "This is just how mom and dad get down." Yeah. But you're like, "But it feels wrong." The movie's telling us that's wrong. <laughs> the people under the stairs and the racism is for sure wrong. Yeah. But like, if they want to zip up and r- chase each other around with sticks, like that should be okay. The other stuff very bad, right? Amelie doesn't. It starts off, and I love the openings. They do this as a bookend, right? The first shot of the movie is just a, there's a fly flying down the street. Two glasses of wine dance, but don't tip. A sperm, an egg, a B-roll of a birth. Amelie was born, and you're like, what What is that? Like You're kind of like, it's coming at you really fast and frantic, right? By the end of the movie, when they show us the final bookend, right? It's like a man imagines the molecules of the universe, right? Yeah. Uh, we check in, right? The guy who likes to rip the chicken up. He's now doing that with his grandson. The failed writer sees one of his sayings on a wall in chalk, right? Um, the glass man is painting something different now. Mm-hmm. So what the the book ending is beautiful because what the journey has trained us to see and appreciate these minor details yeah. as this grandiose, you know, firework into the abyss. That we are here. That we do matter. And so the frantic pacing of it, it takes a while to train you in. Yeah. So at the end, when we see all of our characters now as these people with these idiosyncratic moments, now the guy at the start of the movie, we're like, he had his own magical journey. Right? And we see Amelie and Nino zipping around on their fucking scooter looking and laughing at us. They're like, keep on this journey with us. I think it's it's wonderful.
1: I think for me, it's one of those things where... The unlocking mechanism was that, was the like, extraordinary and the ordinary. Like I, I do think that's the, yeah. and that's something that, I think even in the, even in the stranger movies that Jean-Pierre Jeunet's made, that's that's where he that's where he lives. Like that's where I mean, he like, is. Just, no one can do that. Like right.
0: Him. At his peak, he makes my favorite movies, yeah, I think Like, I would put him Amazing When when his movies are, like, on mm-hmm. There is I like them as much as anyone else's, like, top movies I agree Like, he's just a beautiful filmmaker And again, we start off and it's this Amelie's Born And we get the I Because they train us with the parents, right? The dad is, like, he just likes to clean out his toolbox He's a uh, hypochondriac mm-hmm. The mom likes to prune her fingers She likes the pillow mark on her faces, right? And we watch how Amelie comes in and not only disrupts their idiosyncrasies, but then how they somehow mix theirs together like a Dragon Ball Z fusion and give her all of these fucking strange... It is an
1: interesting, like... I mean, again, like, it is just this... Yeah. (laughs) It is this really hard thing to watch because you realize, like... Especially as a parent now, like, when you're younger, like, watching this when I'm younger and single and then married and now I'm a parent, you're like, oh, wow, like if i do these things that like i do i'm
0: literally doing this to a I'm child i'm going to do right this now. to my kid like i'm going <laughs> to like make
1: like i have a i have a lot of i have a lot of anxiety <laughs> and a lot of hypochondria in my brain so i'm going to completely deflect that onto my child i can't do that like that's like it's one of those really fascinating right. things because but it is this again these like things that in an American film would be just horrible. And you'd see it as like this kind of, kind of villainous parent thing are almost like, again, these charming moments of whimsy in this, in a French film. Like, again, it's just a completely different lens. It's a really fascinating thing to watch.
0: Like, I It's it's the thing I find most
1: inspiring about the movie, to be honest
0: with you. It's it's a double-edged sword, right? And I think that's kind of the thing the movie's always playing at is, again, it's not kink-shaming you for whatever your weird thing is. So we see that the dad is so worried about Amelie's heart that she becomes isolated from the world. Mm -hmm. This bears out throughout a lot of the movie into these moments of real loneliness and isolation and not partaking in the magic she sees everywhere. That's really sad. But when we see her as a little kid doctor, helping out an imaginary alligator, and we watch her walking through the world imagining a better place, that is a beautiful gift that her parents gave her. So there is this. I, I think that's what what the movie's telling us, right? Is that there's no changing the way these things have played out or will. Yeah. But it's while it looks like it could be bad, right? The Amelie could just as easily be a serial killer as a guardian angel, right? Like she's Dexter. I'm a little alone. I'm a little different. I see things a little differently. Right. But in this movie, she's like, I just want to help make people happier. And that's enough for me. Instead of, I want to wear their fucking skin, dick suits and howl in the moon. Okay. Right. And so it is what it is, man. And you just got to go where you go. Um, Because one of the first, like, really nice things she does, it's actually funny because the movie sets us up on this, right? A marble bust open the thing. And, you know, it's this perfect little Amelie moment. Because they mention Princess Diana, like, 50 times in this movie. Yeah. And so she'll be watching coverage of a real-life tragedy or be by a newspaper stand, ignore it, and then inject us back into the kind of magical scamperings that we're a part of, right? Right. So she finds this little cigar box that's full of all these toys. She's like, I got to find this guy. Okay, we assume that's going to be the whole movie. That mission's done in like 15 yeah, minutes.
1: that movie. If that, that she movie? just sees it,
0: she sees the the guy cry and be like, my whole childhood fits in a box, but I have to go find my grandson. And she's like, oh my God, that small reconnection, right? And it's not lost on me that she's giving him back a childhood that she never had. But she goes. I I want more of that. She starts seeing herself as the patron saint of the unwanted, the Madonna of the lost. I think what's really interesting
1: is, again, a, a a set piece like discovering this little box, and that should like that would in
0: that could be a whole
1: movie. That's a movie. Like I think this is a really fascinating thing about Amelie in general is that something that I think a lesser not lesser lesser is the wrong word but just a different filmmaker would take the entire movie to roll through Jean-Pierre junot basically just figures out how to do this and then turns it into the, its own inciting incidents it's really it's just really fascinating the like snowball yeah. effect this movie takes and again like the only reason it works too is because Audrey Tateau is unbelievable like
0: I had I was Holy so infatuated shit. with her after I saw this movie, I mean, you and fall I don't in think it was every like obviously time. she's a beautiful, beautiful woman, yeah, but for me, I think it's like I just wanted to be seen by Amelie. You just like, as fall an audience in love member, with her every time I, don't I wanted know what else to, to say. hear right, I wanted to hear what how Amelie saw me yeah. and the little weird things about me that maybe I'm insecure about, and she's like that's a guy I can go on adventures with, right, mm-hmm, um. Like watching her put Nino through the paces. She cannot just be like, hey, Nino, I like you. Let's go out. She has to make sure that he is committed to frolicking in a way that she is. Yeah. And watching that, you're like, yeah, I might fail at that step. But I want to be that kind of guy that can frolic, and play make-believe with her. Or I want to hear, like, you know, what are the things – because that's – the movie does a great job because it's all these small characters, Right. They become large because, again, we're trained to see the three or four surface things. She likes to watch athletes cry, right? They like this. They like that. Um, These are their small quirks. But we see this breadth beyond that somehow, right? So there's all these little characters that have these little weird things. You're like, I wonder how she would see me, man. Could I fit into Amelie's world? And I think that was my real infatuation, more than like a physical no I yes mean, yeah, beautiful a woman lovely, whatever i, mean, I just i wanted to be in a world but... i wanted to be in a world and especially again the cynical thing is an interesting element because when you are i felt as a young film student i know other film students have fallen prey to this i'm not the unique individual one who came into film school and you're like i know better than everyone right Like, I fucking know better than Spielberg. I know better than this guy. Their new movie fucking sucks because it's not hardcore, and that's how I'll show I'm... So, as I was finding this movie, I was most in need in my life and a reminder of this kind of, like, the the magic everywhere, right? The magic of filmmaking especially, but what I love is that I think we get really hung up on these, you know, big operatic stories, and especially now pole filmmaking is pretty much all Americans do well, yeah. And even that you could argue about, right? Well, it's and all hopefully we, we're on the verge it's of all we're willing of the
1: to. It's all we're willing to invest in. I
0: think. That's all we're willing to fucking imbibe at a theater. But I love that this movie. It's just if you boiled it down, yeah, it's just like a lady bouncing around France again. It's just kind of like it's this being charming. Yeah, it
1: is a really wonderful just experience movie. Like I think, right? I think this is the thing that's so wonderful about it is like yeah there's a serviceable plot but there's many serviceable plots they all resolve yeah. themselves which is really fun
0: because i mean it be- at best it's like a boy meets girl or a girl stalks boy i mean
1: i think if you boil it down <laughs> to its very yeah. base parts that's probably what it is i mean like yeah I mean, but, but but like there's like 14 other storylines that you can really just enjoy throughout the film and like this is again Like, nothing's sacred. Like, there's nothing... And, you know, when we're in film school, we're taught, like, oh, you know, there's a lot about structure. There's a lot about telling you how this thing must be.
0: We learn all the rules, and then we get really mad, and we're like, we'll reinvent all the rules.
1: Amelie breaks most of the rules we're told, but somehow doesn't. Like, again, it's... I I can't... Mm. I can't even, like... I can't really describe it in the proper way, other than just it's Whoa. so wonderful
0: this is the thing in in the movie Amelie and what I think we find charming about because obviously there's a very you know Edgar Wright does this a lot now there's a very uh, uh, constantly in your face style of filmmaking it's constantly reminding you of the machinations of the movie it's constantly reminding you of the unreality it's very specific editing to call right, attention to a, itself in a surrealist kind of magical tale is great yeah. But I feel like at a certain point, we're not focused on those kind of, you know, someone getting their brains fucked out in the bathroom mm-hmm. and all the glass is moving and then pulling the steam so it matches the organ. Like, that becomes a fun trick. Sure. But in that moment, we're focused on two lonely people who found it. Like, we're always pulled back to that human. So the way they set the film up, right, it gives it, it's this heightened surreal element. That makes us feel like we're watching a movie, a Capital M movie. But as you're into it more and more, we're just really just watching these these really small yeah. human moments. There's a level of And like, these small human interactions become these kind of worlds there, onto themselves. There's a
1: level of documentary to it that's so fascinating yeah. because it's just again, it is just experience. Like that's like that new that's this more new wave thing to me about is just this experience, like the very like feeling you have. Like, there's a movie um, Varda did called Cleo from Five to Seven, which is a great movie. If you haven't seen it, um, I know you've seen it, but other people who listen to this pod, if you have not seen it, Cleo from Five to Seven is a great movie. But it's sort of the same. It has it's this. It follows a singer through her entire day, basically from five p.m. to seven p.m. Mm-hmm. It's shot in real time, but it's the same thing where. There's no dis- like there's no real plot to it. It just is following these, no. it following it's following Cleo around, but the feelings like these moments you take with her. Where there's a scene where they have her practice a new song and she sings this song straight onto camera, and it's the same vibe where you're just like, I am feeling whatever is in this moment. I am constantly feeling in this movie like that yes. is what Amelie does better than I think most movies I've seen, which is just I am constantly feeling.
0: Well, let, let's let look at it this way. And I'm not doing a classic, like, let's just shit on Marvel, right? I love the first Avengers movie. Same. Adore it. I think it's one of, like, a great achievement in cinema, right? There's a level of watching a movie like that that you cannot reach a level of investment, unless you're a fucking child and an old guy. <laughs> There's a level of investment in a film like that that you cannot cross a threshold with. I cannot care that the Pajama Men are fighting the cartoon, beige, whatever. Right. There's a level that I cannot cross. There is a level that I know that the Pajama Men will triumph in the end and we will do this adventure again and again. Right. And you could say that about Pajama Men, like Batman, Superman, whatever. This is not a Marvel attack. Yeah. Star Wars. There's a level of emotional investment you cannot ever fully reach as an adult because you are watching something that is unreal. Harry Potter. Lord of the Rings is fucking close. Lord of the Rings Lord is fucking close. Lord
1: of the Rings close. is probably as close as it gets.
0: And I still cry watching a lot of the... I, I'm invested as to the level I can. Of course. But something like watching something like Cleo from 5 to 7 and watching a singer have the bravery to go on stage, watching someone have a bad day, watching someone have... Watching Amelie try to talk to Nino and be unable to, as she melts into a puddle, that's as unreal as Avengers. Yeah. But to me, I know the feeling of that's that moment we've all so intrinsically. Yeah. So even in the surrealism of Amelie, and I always wish as a filmmaker and a writer that I was brave enough to make these kind of movies. Because again, this is not to sound snobbish, but I do just find them, like a, like a great example, like that movie Bone, Bones and All, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's on its surface, this kind of cannibalistic horror movie. Yeah. But really, that's just like two young kids finding themselves across the country. And you're like, man, I would feel the instincts to make more of a horror movie and less of the kids on an adventure. Yeah. Because that's just... It, it feels safer when you're just kind of using those bigger shields. Mm-hmm. I wish I had more... Because, again, I, I think I can't remember who said it, but it's just... I it was one of these masterclasses I was watching. Maybe the Scorsese was just like, it's just the eyes. Just put a camera on a human face. That's cinema. That's all the storytelling in the world is just watching humans experience the world yeah. and how intense and wild that can be. I agree. And, and I, I think there is an epicness to that that a lot of times, as American audiences, we don't appreciate.
1: I think for tentpole movies, yeah. Like, there's... They're bigger budget films. I mean, I think just a lot of movies, man. I think a lot of the times we sacrifice what Scorsese talks about for, like, plot and for, yep. like, moving a story forward, which there's nothing wrong with that. Movies get – stories get moved forward all the time. There's That's, many
0: kinds of flavor, right? Yeah. And I think the American audience likes what it I likes. think American
1: audiences have very plot-forward storytelling, which is why, I like, French movies – yeah are we like a different.
0: great log line as yeah. americans like oh that's a cool scenario like when you like we yeah like, like
1: when you know you know hey kid give me the elevator pitch hey and then you yeah. know like that's exactly what it is you have the time of an elevator to time of going up an elevator to tell someone what a movie is if you like right. imagine High trying concepts
0: to, like yeah. how, how like do you
1: shit. how do you elevator pitch amelie like uh, girl stalks boy, and there's other things that happen.
0: Yeah.
1: Sorry, I'm not giving you money, kid. Basilea, yeah. like there's just no, you know,
0: girl stalks boy and has psychotic hallucinations. <laughs> but I agree. Like, uh, but see, it yeah, like, orgasms. Like these what? fanciful
1: what things. The way she feels about Nino. All of us have experienced that. There's there's nothing not universal about that. Which means there's no reason for dialogue or anything. We just know what it feels like. It is well, an experience.
0: It's everything, right? It's it's uh, Lucian, the grocer's assistant, right? Mm-hmm. Where he just, he loves these fruits and vegetables. Like, they mean something. Like, he likes to do his job with care and this and that. This fucking rotund asshole is just insulting him. We even know that guy, right? He's following in his parents. He took his parents' business. He doesn't feel adequate, so he's bullying Lucian, The glass man who sits inside, and all he does is repaint Rembrandts or whatever. Yeah. Or Renoir, right. He's not doing his own work, even though he has this incredible talent. He's just watching the world outside, not care that he's not a part of it, right? The lady downstairs is like, my husband fucking left and I've just been frozen. Like every character, short of, I would say, the boyfriend who sits at his ex-girlfriend's job and records audio of her.
1: <laughs> that's actually the one that I think is that's the, like a lot. That's the one I think is the funniest because it am just like,
0: that's weirdly american <laughs> well, i was just like don't they whip ass in france i was just like, like again, that's uh, my first thought my
1: thought was just like hmm is that guy from america because that seems like an american thing. like if one of my lady Some friends is like yeah my ex is cafe. coming into
0: my job sitting there my whole shift glaring at me and recording shit about me yeah following me around i'd be like all right we gotta go whip his ass like we gotta go let him know that was like a french thing that i was like i cannot go on that journey with you of not whipping ass that guy's gotta get dealt with. Like, that's an unacceptable behavior. Well, it's interesting. Like that's It's not cute like Kevin McAllister, where he's got a talk boy. Like, this is like a middle aged man.
1: <laughs> middle aged man with a talk boy, not as cute.
0: That that is so <laughs> uncute. <laughs> Kevin McAllister's behavior once you hit middle age is unacceptable. Kevin
1: McAllister's behavior overall is unacceptable, but middle age is pretty yeah. middle age is like manslaughter. Under
0: under twelve, lovable scamp. Yeah. Over twelve, manslaughter, societal problem, societal <laughs> jail time, guy. jail time. Yeah, this guy's got big fucking problems. They need. I was just like, this is wild that her coworkers are just like, ah, it's fine. Says here he you go you know twelve francs a day on cafe. These
1: guys who broke in. Yeah, yeah. Defended my honor. No, no, no. What she did was almost kill these guys. He, he
0: never he, has a sandwich plate. Have you thought he about just calling the, the
1: cops? cops? <laughs> well, he's twelve. He's twelve. He's twelve. No, no, no. I'm saying Kevin McAllister over twelve.
0: Oh yeah, over twelve. You know, you know. Him up, throw it next time,
1: here. you just call the cops. Also, do you not call the cops because your dad's clearly a heroin dealer, or is, well, what's the deal? Like this yeah. house is insane. He's
0: doing deals with T. <laughs> uh Neither here nor there. Anyways, that guy fucking sucks. Yeah, I I don't know why the French let these kind of French things happen. That guy's got to get his fuck. That T-Sepran. is
1: like a decidedly French thing. Like yeah, it like if that takes place in like Austin, Texas,
0: that guy gets murdered. And everyone's like, Well, it's also I don't like, remember him. maybe not Austin, Texas, but other places. But that's the thing. Why not? It's like this <laughs> Amelie's like, you know who I should help out first? The guy who definitely wants to fucking murder my fucking coworker and put her in a trunk and then talk about it on his tape recorder. He's not like, great. She needs love. And I should subject one of my other coworkers I like to his fucking ravings. Like, that's that's a big fucking miss from Amelie. That's where it's like, if you were a little more one of us, <laughs> and not this isolated dreamer, you would know that that was a bad fucking plan. Because what happens by the end of the movie, he fucking hates Georgina, and now he's fucking doing it to two women.
1: I love, though, that Amelie is so... It's not a naivete, though. Amelie wants everyone to be happy, Ah, even this total creep.
0: I get it, because it starts off... One of the early theses of the movie is they say... In such a dead world, Amelie prefers to dream. And they never really tell us, like, who the narrator is. No. So there is this, like, George Bailey, and, like, God's just like, look at there her. There is fuck just this sort of a Clarence
1: up. thing going on.
0: Right. In a dead world, she prefers to dream. That's fine. But if your dreaming adds your coworkers to the list of the dead, because tape recorder guy, <laughs> that's fucked up. You're thinking he's... Now two co-workers are being harassed all day by this guy. I,
1: I think it's a very... It's a very honorable notion to not judge in that
0: way and to. I'm saying one. I'm not here to kink shame. One to the. One there is, are boundaries. On the, she wants
1: to at least help someone pursue their
0: happiness. I get it. What she should have done is taken the batteries out of his fucking tape recorder. Said, okay. go see the sunlight. Get the fuck out of here.
1: All right. Well, you know, she stop had, having
0: 20 coffees. In it. She's Again, not. A I'm not here to judge and shame against the thesis of the movie. Sure. This is too much. She's not a perfect. So, person. Amelie objectively ruined another woman's life by the end of the movie. <laughs> it's neither here nor there.
1: Subjectively.
0: There is a fun part what of the movie likes, where it all starts kind of like bumping around. And the movie's asking us, like, is Amelie trifling too much? <laughs> like, now, Luke, like, she's fucking with that one guy. Like, that grocer's son is going to have like a full meltdown. Yeah. Like, he's going to have a full break. And you're like, he's rude to his employee for sure. But I, that guy could have quit. Like, do we have well, to destroy this even, guy's mental fabric? Even
1: with her dad. Dude. Even with her dad. that See, one... the dad
0: to me is fair play because she's sending him gnome pictures that he somehow believes are real. Right? But. The father foisted his fucking issues okay, onto um, Amelie. So that's but a turnabout hang on. is fair play. You're,
1: you're, you're confl- I understand that. But even still. Do you? There's like a level of, there's still a level of panic and you're like, oh my God, my gnome is not only real, but travels the world.
0: <laughs> the dad's like, I now live in a French I now goosebumps. live in a,
1: <laughs> I now live in an Inspector Clouseau yeah.
0: movie, you know? Like yeah, it's no, just, I live in an Aurel Stein book. <laughs> I live in I a live in French I live goosebumps. in a
1: book by the Femme d'Alfer, Aurel Stein.
0: <laughs> I thought these were for children. This
1: oh no, la goosebumps. <laughs>
0: The passport of the law, no, I remember this one.
1: Oh, no. Next you will tell me there's a mask that is le on de front
0: Right. I think the dad gets what he gets. I, I feel think... bad that Georgette is going to get murdered. Right? I, think I feel that... bad that Lucien thinks that now he can, like, Lucien goes to the glass man's house, and he's like, hey, I brought all the wrong food, and the Glassman's man's like, what the fuck? And then he's like, no, it's a pineapple with a thing in it. And I'm like, so you just wasted double the amount of food to do like. See, this is, gotcha, this Ameri- this is, that, American, this is
1: that American cynicism uh, hor- horning in.
0: Well, that's know. not cynicism. That's capitalism, brother. That's yeah, straight see, up. That's capitalism. what I'm saying. Mm. Are they not starving in French? Did I misread Les Miserables?
1: The Miserables?
0: I don't know. Yeah, is there not fucking poor people? We could whip these like hollowed out pineapples. Okay, first at?
1: off, we're not talking about the French Revolution. This is, this is like I don't
0: think they've ever stopped revolting.
1: This is nineteen. This is like nineteen ninety nine or two thousand one. I can't remember what year this came out, but like this is like early two thousands. Paris,
0: the revolution is in their heart. The oh, cake okay. that they never oh, is that got is in their oh, heart. Okay, I think cool.
1: we're just associ- we're just free. Ass- I will not we're just free associating. is which was not written yeah. by anyone in France, which was written by. <laughs> Victor Hugo, like the musical, <laughs> was not written by Victor Hugo, but the book
0: was. So when he was there and wrote these things down, yeah, exactly, he was there they dying of cholera, like,
1: while he, well, he, yeah, it was just, okay.
0: I'm not here to say I'm a historian, but I think French have revolt in their heart. What is Amelie doing except for tipping apple carts everywhere she goes? I mean,
1: I don't know about tipping apple carts. She's trying to oh, make yeah. the world a better place. That certainly isn't tipping an apple cart.
0: She's trying to throw sand in the gears,
1: brother. I don't think we can't
0: all we can't all stop and fucking skip stones all day. Some of us got to work, Amelie. I think she's
1: I think she's trying to she is trying to make her world better. That's what she's doing. She's trying to find improvements where she can. And through complex scheming make it friendly.
0: I love the complex scheme, But let me let me just give you an example. And I want to hear your thoughts on this. So the movie starts as it's kind of coming to like the start of the third act. Amelie's been fucking trifling with everyone. and people's lives are getting like legitimately turned upside down because of this right the grocer is gonna kill himself uh lucien's gonna realize that he can't run a store because he likes to do fucking gotchas too much right uh, georgette's gonna get killed by the tape man the glass man's fucking yelling at lucien because he's excited about life right. he's just mad again sure sure um the one that is crazy she writes, yeah, the dad might fucking also lose his mind because who wants to live in a Goosebumps? Her downstairs landlady tells her this fucking tale of woe about how her husband left her for another lady and, like, was gone for a life. Whatever. Okay. She sends this fucking lady a letter. And it's like, I actually did love you, right? I bought us a house, and if I ever make it back, I'm going to get you, and you're going to move in. And that lady's like, do you believe in Miracles? And Homily's like, not today. And she's all fucking sad. Right? Cause she didn't talk to Nino or whatever the fuck was happening. Okay. I think it is fucking wild <laughs> that Amelie just dropped this in this fucking old lady's lap. She spent her whole life trying to fucking get over it. I think you could argue not successfully. And now we see this lady just fucking rewiping off the picture and kissing the glass. Like, now she's, like, reactivated this kind of, like, Peter Pan necromancer fantasy that this fucking weird goateed man actually loved her all along. Like, what do you think that does to that lady for the next, like, six months?
1: I mean, I, are you trying to... I'm confused what you're trying to get at here. Are you saying that Amelie's actions have ruined Amelie's? this woman's life to the point where she can't... No, no,
0: no. Not ruined. I think this woman has ruined her life to the point... Of no return, anyways. Okay, I think what we see is that Amelie is not thinking through like a normal human who's a part of our world,
1: she's not a normal the emotional human
0: ramifications of what she's doing to these people. So I think she's fucking trifling, she's running around sprinkling fucking pixie dust on everyone.
1: I get it, I think that's an oversimplification. Um, What do you
0: think this lady looks like for six months? Just running around telling everyone that this dead guy liked her who didn't. And what happens when she inevitably goes to find this house he bought on her own Amelie adventure and realizes that it was just a fuck shack and him and that other lady had like 10 kids and were happy as shit.
1: Okay. Well, the pure sadness of that certainly is not great. Uh, But I think that that is. Is what I'm going to say. I think that is the, that is like a tomorrow, Amelie problem. That's okay.
0: That is a beautiful sentiment you said. I agree. Because what Amelie's doing is she's like, I'm fucking sprinkling dust on all of you while I refuse to participate in living life. Right. And that is Amelie's quest of the movie is that, as Glassman says, you are not brittle. Her
1: fabulous destiny is to realize, yes, that she's not, she's not a fragile person. Put, right, but put, she's
0: running around and fucking with all
1: these fragile people. But I don't think she—I don't think she sees them as fragile. She sees them as she right. sees them like her. She sees them as people who needed a push, just
0: like she does. Sure. No, I'm with you, and I think the movie says that all's well that ends well. That's why Fair everything
1: enough. with the with the Dufile, the painter. That's why everything with yeah. that is so important.
0: Uh, because right, they're talking about the expressions of the people in the painting, but mm-hmm. it's by proxy her and Nino. Yeah, of course. I get it, but I'm saying I love the part of the movie. I love this part of the movie where it does specifically ask us if Amelie be fucking around too much. Where it's like, dude, keep your fucking pixie dust to yourself. Stop fucking throwing it in I'm not
1: saying that there are consequences to actions. <laughs> I'm saying that I think in the context of Amelie, the consequences are... Consequences are less than what you're describing. I, I I don't
0: think. Well, in the fairy tale version that we see, yeah, there's uh, a director's cut somewhere.
1: Okay, obviously. Okay, listen. If Walt Whitman made this movie, yes, it'd be a <laughs> movie.
0: sorry, like Amelie by Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, like feet, I mean, like a rap song. Feet, R.L. Stein.
1: Yeah, sorry. Yeah, like if, <laughs> if if this was Amelie by Errol Morris, it would be certainly a different story. All right, but you know we're not watching. Amelie by Errol Morris for watching.
0: And red, white, and blue line a nation divided by Amelie herself specifically. <laughs> she did it.
1: Yeah. If this was a Would Werner Herzog I mean, we joint, we cannot we'd just be done.
0: overlook the fact that Amelie is creepy as shit sometimes. Sure. Like when they do the montage of everyone fucking in Paris and she's just overlooking the city. Yeah. She's. And a she creep- looks right at us and she's like fifteen, and you're like, Weird. that's that's Weird. not great. Nah. That I don't appreciate. That's not, that's not good. We could do better than that. Also, only right?
1: 15? My God, it's Paris. Yeah.
0: It's like, I thought you were French. What the fuck, dude? Yeah, what is this? Yeah. City of lights,
1: huh? City of lights. Rural
0: Alabama when everyone's cousin's out of town? What are we doing? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is this, Tuscaloosa? My God. <laughs> is this Is a Tuscaloosa Lusa riverboat casino? Is that what's happening?
0: No. I don't see one cousin nowhere.
1: Well, guess I go to my guess I go to my room and savage my pud.
0: Yeah, good thing I brought my and sucks. extra <laughs> absorbent. <No, neither. laughs> we just fucking fuck all Alabama.
1: Sorry, honestly, Alabama.
0: my least favorite state I've ever been to. Alabama <coughs> can suck all Same. the fucking pure dicks garbage. And butts. Sorry. Yeah, I went down there and it was terrible because we went down to have like a golf weekend or whatever. Oh, and it was just besieged by like thousands of jellyfish. Boo! And then you're like, great, now I have to stay on the land yep. in. Alabama. alabama and you're like so that was unfun within 15 minutes literally the worst state i think yeah. neither here nor there but we're yeah. not here to shit on uh alabama no, we're, we're here to, here shit, to shit on, on the online. fact that only scared.
1: 15 people were fucking in paris at that moment which was insane yeah, what
0: the hell or at least that she can hear that fucking creep yeah, yeah she's like uatu the counter <laughs> neither here nor there she has she no, has I... she has
1: uatu powers but only for people who right. fucking unison Yeah
0: it does kind of change that line when she's talking to the lady that whose life she definitely ruins with the letter. When she goes, I'm nobody's little weasel. And you're like, yeah, no shit. Amelie, you got to get your ass out there. Uh, All right, yeah, let's just talk about yourself. her journey with Nina. We haven't really talked. I forgot. I wrote down another line here that I died when the grocer said of Lucy. And he goes, someone peed in his I mother. I knew you were
1: going to say it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot about it I saw it in my mouth. <laughs> what a fucking rude, rude thing to say. It's good. It's good. All right. Her journey of discovery with Nino takes kind of two forms, right? It's this piecing together ripped up photos outside of these photo booths Mm -hmm. with the mystery man. And then her putting Nino through the paces of frivolity to see if he's truly a dreamer like her. What about this? This is kind of the true plot of the movie that takes place after the opening 10 box. What did you think about this part of the movie?
1: It kind of happens. I don't know. It happens in such a, um, it happens in a pacing in such a way that's so, so strange. Cause I agree. I think the weirdest thing is that it happens when it happens. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. sure if I can, I'm describing that properly,
0: but like this probably should be like the, it's not really the plot of the movie. It, it just kind of like falls not, in at the end.
1: But like, Kind of should be because it's about like Amelie's journey and a bigger it's the it's the it's the Amelie it's the Amelie journey.
0: There's kind of an extra setup in the it's not a three act structure, no, because the 10 box is an extra appendage to kind of set a tone more than help like tell the story of Amelie and Nino, which is really what it's about. But yes, I see what you're saying.
1: Yeah, I it's um. So it happens sort of like surreptitiously in a way that you're like, huh, okay, well, I guess this is the journey we're on now, and we're gonna do this. I, I, I think, but I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's odd. It's still very, but again, like the word I always, or word, I, word I always use to describe is just everything in this movie feels whimsical to me. Even like, right. even like fucking around with this guy feels <laughs> whimsical. But I also think he kind of deserves it. Like, there's just. There's a level of, we all feel that small when we're trying to meet someone. I don't know how, like, that's, like, that's, I I felt that way. Like, when I met my wife, like, that's just, that's just how you feel. Like, there's no other way to describe it. You just feel, you feel that small, but you also feel that overture. Like, you're talking about the music. Like, you all always hear that in your head when you meet that person, I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah. Am, I, am I describing this properly? Like, there's something about it that feels... Well,
0: the, the yeah. person who spends all their time noticing every little detail of everyone around them, mm-hmm. but kind of being this blank, almost creepy cipher just walking around Paris, right, judging everyone and <laughs> fucking their lives up, it's hard to stop and say, see me. And I think one of the fun things of the journey is I love the moment... Because she goes to the porn store where he works, right? The porno palace. Yeah. And the the porn lady, as she's, like, pricing dildos, is like, the world is hard for dreamers, right? And I think Amelie feels that, man. That, like, dare she dream there's another person that could appreciate her the way she appreciates those around her, right? Yeah. And it's kind of funny that their, like, unifying moment is solving the mystery of this guy who takes all these photos and rips them up. And it's like, what's his story? He's got these red chucks, right? He runs away from Nino at the start. So it feels like there will be this great mystery reveal, and it'll have this great poetic meaning, right? Yeah. He's just a repairman. And every time he takes photos, he comes out, and Nino's over there fucking sniffing under the booth, and he's like, well, I don't want that guy to have this photo. That's not (laughs) my favorite. And he rips it up. And so this great mystery puzzle that they solve together and it becomes this unifying thing is ordinary right and that they're so ecstatic to see him and solve it i think is a great kind of tell of the movie is that although he is ordinary he is also this this great mystery and game for them to enjoy yeah right so i think that part's pretty cool um there are definitely moment like i love the part when she returns back to her like because her apartment's kind of bright red and quirky and it's this passionate lively color palette right yeah and she's just sitting there trying not to fucking weep and she's making her plum bread and she has this fantasy that nino's gonna bring her the ingredient right and she's imagining him coming all the way up to the scene that we're watching in real life and the curtains move and she turns and it's a cat and not nino and it's one of the first times in the movie we see her break and be really sad yeah but it's also where we see the how hard it can be for dreamers who are constantly imagining something better and aren't gonna get that man um so i i love these two finding each other the moment when he is at the door and she opens it she just shushes him and she's just like it's kinda weird. I don't like I don't think I'd be like super into that if Amy had like shush me and it's like we're gonna do like five little kisses.
1: Well who the hell would want I mean, shushing you is impossible, so it doesn't matter. Like it's just not that's not in the cards, period. So Well
0: I found myself in a nightmare with two bitchy wives. <laughs> that is the Les Mis of Griff. <laughs> the leg the lay griff labs.
1: Like griff <laughs> Leg Griff Rob?
0: Yeah. Griffer, Constantly under the fucking oppressive heel of wife one and wife two, Alex.
1: Oh yeah, is that is that what this is? Oppress- yeah, oppressive.
0: Yeah, you're oppressive. You're yeah. mean. You don't appreciate my whimsy. You're you're just like sending tape men on you're me whimsy. and love letters you from are beyond.
1: Accusing Amelie of doings, not coup.
0: I'm just saying, don't give me like six little fuck. Like I don't want you to kiss my eyelids. I like don't kiss my eyelids. Like let's. Let's get to getting, man. Let's have this be a big crescendo, romance.
1: But that's not what this is. Like it's... I'm not
0: running through the door, like exposed and erect. But like, yeah. Let's but have a big moment. For. That's not how. Let's that's have that work. dirty dancing moment.
1: But that is the dirty dancing moment. Like they didn't. She crashed through the door. They. She ran up on stage and he held her up. No that one puts
0: Nino in a corner and she lifts his ass up. Okay. Straight down into bed.
1: Right, but they didn't. Like, but. Yeah, but and then
0: me and you are on our roof counting. Johnny orgasms. and Baby
1: didn't just immediately start banging out like you know. It's
0: just, well, neither are they. They've been on this fucking pornography journey yeah. for the whole movie. We They're were. having no, a nice I, journey I together. actually, I cry with joy every time I see the scene. Jokes aside, jokes aside, it's a very sweet... you are you are an oppressive mean partner. But jokes aside, <laughs> end of the pod. I do. I right. I weep with joy every time Nino comes through that door and they find each other. I think and that the... shot of her holding him. And smiling means everything to my heart. I, I love watching her join us. I, I love the that thing, there are more of her as part of the human collective. When they it means that, a lot to when me. When they
1: I do love. that montage, the wraparound at the end, when they're just like riding on the the motorbike through the city, yeah, that's how it feels. Like to me, that's like that's how the like that's how it feels when you're in that sort of relationship and you're in that sort of moment is you're just like constantly... Like when we
0: first met, things were like that for us. You and I?
1: No. we've never had that, but, you know.
0: And now we're like the old gnome and the guy. No, no, you and I have never had that. Uh, we, we did for a window, but you smothered it.
1: I don't remember. I don't remember it. that window, so you must be the man. Imagining... Yeah, it was
0: us driving around in my car just talking shit about comics, going to the shop, eating giant sandwiches. It was great. We had a window where we were truly happy, the two of us. <laughs>
1: Ironically, it was before we started this show. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Go figure. It was six hundred hours of therapy ago. <laughs>
1: Go figure. It was six hundred hours of I think maybe the other show. No. But like but that is how it feels, man. Like everything feels everything feels like it's going too fast. But like you are yeah. but like to me, like so there's this one moment when they're doing because it's sped up it's sped up film where they're riding through the city. But there is this beat where Amelie like buries her face into his uh back just like holding him really tight yeah and that that to me is like this wonderful moment and there was like that's like feels like it's at normal speed she's really breathing in right. and taking in this moment like that to me is like the beauty of the whole movie itself is
0: just, right and like, having the courage to do that even though she watched her father deal with the loss of the like it's yeah. just again it's it's a very it's a very human moment right and mm-hmm. There's, like, some extra weirdness. Like, did Glassman actually get into her apartment to put that VHS in and light the candles? It doesn't matter. When Lucian's filming, like, he's like, I'm going to film the fucking. And Glassman's like, hey, that's fucking funny. So, again, it's funny. It's poignant. It matters to us. We're glad to see Amelie happy. Mm-hmm. We're glad to see the writer and the little boy who lost his 10. And all of these people kind of taking one step forward. These small little things.
1: Yeah. The So to is, us, it
0: feels like there are seismic shifts, but really the world at large has not changed. Nothing has really changed no. for these people in like a grand way that needs to be told in a tale.
1: People have changed themselves for right. the better. And that's that's the true extraordinary thing about the world is just people who are able to change them who are able to who not just themselves, but like able to experience life in a way that they hadn't before. Yeah. And it makes them about it makes them feel better about where they are.
0: Right. We see the man ripping the chicken apart, but then he hands a piece to his his little grandson who looks at him like he's a gift from the universe. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm celebrating my son's sixth birthday today.
1: Logan, yeah. And the first thing
0: he did was just come downstairs and just run up and, like, jump on me. And I was like, to me, that is, those are these kind of magnum moments of your life, right? Yeah. And you scroll back through memory lane of, like, how little they were not long ago. And it's like I, I admire films and filmmakers that can really celebrate. I I mean I don't think it's dismissive or diminutive to call it minutia. No,
1: I don't think so. This either. is a I movie
0: about minutia the grandiose is what makes minutia. The world go
1: around. Like I think that right. we say minutia, other people might say, you know, idiosyncrasies, like it's all the yes. same thing. It's these little things that make our world that much yeah. bigger. Like
0: Well, like I was trying to think, and it's like We all have, like, I'm a huge candle nut, right? I'm always lighting candles. And every time I blow a candle out, I like to dip my finger in it and just kind of watch it harden on my finger. And I don't know why. I just do it. Maybe it's because I saw that Ricky Martin video, and I think it's still sexy. I don't know. But, like, you just have these little things, and, like, that small moment of, like, ah, where it's hot, and then it cools. Like, that small moment of sensation is just something I love. And I don't know why. I've done it a thousand fucking times. I don't do it every time. But I do it a lot, I do it, yeah, right, it's and just so my one of those a lot things. of my candles have these little fucking portly finger dents in them,, Ball. and it's like you know why, why do I do that? Why is that a thing? why do I have these I collect these little rocks, right? my nana got me into them, where I have these little rocks where you just like rub your thumb on them a bunch, yeah, they're just fidgets, they're just smooth stones that you fidget with, and I just I like it, who knows? Is that shit worthy of a movie or even saying out loud on a podcast? No, it might be a waste but, of everyone's time. But
1: it's not.
0: It is the flavor. It's the
1: thing that makes you you. Again, like these, you, this uniqueness right. we find in the world with other people is what is right. magical.
0: I want to see the world more like Amelie. I want to be seen as she sees. And I want her to set me up with a podcast partner who is not so cruel to me.
1: Wow. Okay. I'm just That's how we're doing that. Well, it it's all right,
0: grocer Alex. <clears throat>
1: it was a really, it was a really nice pod. I thought until that.
0: <laughs> it it's the end. This is the end. I tape recorded Alex out of here. He's fucking mad. That's true, dude. Every time we talk, I do hit record. I'm the tape man. Yeah. So. Oh damn, dude. And you're the hypochondriac girl who gives me my SIGs. But
1: you know it's fine. C'est la and, ex- say C'est la vie. You can sit here and say say You can sit here and excoriate my opinion about
0: whatever you want. Say la vie. Say la vie. It would have been cooler if we had been smoking the whole time we had this talk. My neighbor Griffy, be-
1: he likes to dip his finger in the wax. Yeah.
0: because his his dick is not deep enough. <laughs> it's like hey hey whoa <laughs> because he
1: is afraid. He is he afraid. afraid. He, afraid, he He'll crush the wick with his deke.
0: Yeah. His wick and dick will not meet, and he will be so sad. Actually, no. you know what?
1: You know what? Smoking enough. French guys, the only thing, I think, the only French guy I think of smoking whenever I think of like a smoking Frenchman is uh, True Lies, the guy who does the voiceover for Arnold. <laughs> no, no. Do it. Do some more.
0: <laughs> I do imagine a day where someday my wife makes me go to Paris, and it's like American cig smoker versus French cig smoker. <laughs> We just like talk it out, dude. You're and what is like the difference to... in that? Just... Listen here, you fuck. Yeah.
1: No, no. Do it slow. Do it. Do some <laughs> more.
0: <laughs> We're just jacked up on fucking espressos. anywho I love the magic of this movie. I know we have joked. This I is really, truly one of my favorite. I really do movies. love this movie. It's fucking incredible. When I really need to a uh, pick me up, this is one I reach for yeah, a lot. I agree. I love this movie. It's beautiful. That's for Amelie, that's good riddance to france no i'm just kidding
1: <laughs> oh, the movies are cool oh now yeah. we're doing the imperialist pod all right cool yeah.
0: now we're back to straight american shit uh not really So our next movie as picked by our patrons excalibur we start stuffing stockings with a very british yarn excalibur which is fucking metal dude it's like a prog rock album made yep. flesh So, guys, if you want to be part of the community, will you want to have your voices heard, go to patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. Help us grow the show. Help make the show what you want, it, guys. That's what we're looking for, right? Uh, You get to hear wonderful movies like Amelie, all kinds of good stuff we got over there. Uh, The YouTube Film Alchemist, the email Pod at gmail.com. Check out our stuff at misfitparade.net. If you're into horror films. Uh, Reach out to a friend. Let them know we're here. Do the five-star ratings reviews. All the shit. See, now I'm burying you in minutia that's not whimsical like Amelie. That's the American consumer culture taking taking hold. But guys, we celebrate you for spending time with us and our weirdness. So, oh, thank you. For the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey.
1: I'm Alex Diandino.